last week on the Sonic Truth Dynasty podcast. Yeah, the only thing that didn't check out at the Combine was my mental health. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where we're going with this anymore. Oh, God. And no one can stop us from telling the truth. That's why it's called the Sonic Truth Podcast. And you're going to hit it with the harmonica right at the end. What I was thinking about doing was just turning my camera off and then in the middle of you talking, pulling out a harmonica. That was the plan, but I didn't get that far. And the retweet, the one where he told the guy to go fuck himself. And then the guy goes, do you actually talk to people like this in real life? And then I just hit him with a high. And it's the best way to go out on a sweatpant boner. And is this the time when you think people start masturbating to the show? What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Sonic Truth Dynasty Podcast. I'm your host, Nate Liss. You can find me on Twitter at an outraged Jew. And with me, as always, is Mr. Matt Kelly. You can find him on Twitter at fantasy underscore mansion. What's happening, Matt? Is that a new microphone over there? Yeah, not a lot going on. I have a new microphone, but other than the new microphone, not a lot happening in the world of football right now, with one glaring exception. Speculation out of Los Angeles. The Chargers wide receiver Mike Williams may need season-ending back surgery. That's big. It's huge. What do you think? I don't own Mike Williams anywhere, but as we've seen the past couple seasons, um, this is a trend with these injuries and surgeries. We saw it with Doxon. We've seen Perryman go down. Did I say Perryman wrong? We've seen Kevin White Perryman. <laughs> have the, the season ending. You pronounce Kevin White right. Good. That's an easy name for me, believe it or not. Um, the issue, though, this is going to drive down his stock. And if people haven't drafted yet, no. perhaps the recency bias. Missing his rookie year is going to drive his stock down. That's good analysis. Hear me out, though. The recency bias of the last two draft classes with so many players that missed the first season, there may be more hands-off with Mike Williams than there was a few years earlier with, say, a Kevin White who went a few picks before where he's gone in this one. Three picks sooner, two years earlier. There may be a trend here, and people might be hands-off. So he originally hurt his back in college when he collided with the goalpost correct? Uh, yeah, I think it was a neck injury originally is where it stemmed from. Yes. His first spinal cord problem occurred when he broke his neck on the goalpost. That happened. And when I was a kid and I went to my first high school football game, I asked my father, why don't more players run into the goalpost? I mean, it's right there a foot away from the field of play. Dad, how are players not running into that on a regular basis? And he just looked at me like I was this mischievous kid asking ridiculous questions. Meanwhile, Mike Williams is breaking his neck on the goalpost, Dad! <laughs> I'm hands off with him. Um, I like him, but I think we can all agree that after seeing what's happened with some other players, players that may not have the speed, you know, the Laquan Treadwell-esque, is, is this <gasps> the reincarnate? Don't say Laquan Treadwell. That's not a friendly comp. 
It's a lazy comp, Nate. It's a lazy comp. I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm concerned. We've only made that comp 50 times on the show. Lazy comp, <laughs> lazy comp. I don't remember it. I don't listen. All right. No, no. Do you know which person in fantasy football was the most disappointed to hear this unfortunate Mike Williams news? You know, I'm going to go ahead and guess Philip Rivers. Matt Kelly. <laughs> Matt Kelly was grief-stricken upon oh. hearing the news that Mike Williams might miss the season due to back surgery. Because I will be robbed of my inalienable right to say I told you so to all the other fantasy analysts that were touting Mike Williams with no quantitative data to support their argument. And now they're all off the hook, just like they were with Kevin White. There's no accountability to the prisoners of small samples, like we saw with Kevin White. One good season at West Virginia. He must be good. And the draft capital zealots, like those touting Mike Williams. This may extinguish my ability to hold my enemies accountable. These weasels will slink off into the night and rationalize away Mike Williams' failures, just like they've rationalized away Kevin White's failures by saying, oh, he was a very talented player, just couldn't stay healthy. Oh, his career was derailed by injuries. Oh, <laughs> had those injuries not occurred, he would have been a star. I'm not wrong, just unlucky. No, you were wrong about Kevin White. He was never going to be good. Many of them, the same people just touting the big receiver drafted in the top 10 were going to be wrong about Mike Williams. And now they have a convenient escape hatch. They weren't wrong. No, 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 no. I get to play the unfalsifiable hypothetical card on Matt Kelly and say, oh, but what if? Oh, but if? Oh, but if? Oh, but if? Oh, but if? Well... I'll have to live, we'll live to argue about another player on another day, Matt Kelly. Sorry, can't hold me accountable now on Mike Williams. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> Shit! Uh, you know what? You might still be right, though, Matt. I mean, this is I am right, happened. just like I was right about Kevin White. We got to see Kevin White in a handful of games last year, and he was the least efficient wide receiver in the league. And at that point, I tried to pin the Kevin White zealots down and say, You see? You see? He can't play! Oh, small sample size. Sorry, Matt. You're not going to get me on this one, Matt Kelly. That was a small sample size. He was just reaching his stride when he was hurt again. He would have finished the season with a flourish had he not gotten hurt again. Oh, just just unlucky, Matt Kelly. Nope, nope, nope. Not wrong about Kevin White. Nope, 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 nope. Sorry, not going to get me on this one. Nope, 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 nope. Come back here, you little weasel! Again, to my point that I was going to say, Matt, you're going to Get, be right. They're getting away <laughs> with these ridiculous Mike Williams projections, putting him in the top five rookie players just because the Chargers made an egregious error drafting him in the top 10. Just pass that error on to my dynasty rankings. And then when he gets hurt, oh, scrub him. Oh, what? They never happened. <laughs> and I've been robbed. I've been robbed. I've been robbed. This feels like the Thomas Crown Affair. <laughs> Why? Where I know the guy is stealing the paintings. I know it. I know it, and I just can't prove it. And every time I think I've got him, he slips through my fingers. 
because the same people that were touting Kevin White for all the wrong reasons were touting Mike Williams for all the wrong reasons. And now they're in a helicopter on their way to St. Thomas. And there's nothing I can fucking do about it. (laughs) Why don't we transition to some wide receivers that we can get excited about? Last week, we talked about the top five 2018 running backs. Let's talk about the top five 2018 wide receivers. This is exactly what I need. Make me feel better, Nate. Stop talking about Mike Williams. College prospect talk. This is what I need to soothe me. Go on. Okay, just so I can protect myself, because I've already heard a little bit of it uh, before this episode recorded, Calvin Ridley of Alabama is not in this list. And I'll just break it down real quickly on why he's not in this list. He's one of the older prospects be 23 in December, weighs somewhere between 185, 190. I like him, but for my criteria, I just don't have him in this top five right now. Well, like we talked about last week, it's fluid. Things can change. I want to see him in 2018. He's been really good. A little bit undersized, a little older. And most Alabama players are overrated. Except Amari Cooper. And Derrick Henry. Okay. <laughs> okay. So let's start it off right off the bat. And Julio Jones. Number and Julio Jones. And A.J. McCarron. I mean, what? No, what? Wow. <laughs> Slipping that one in there. And Greg McElroy. I mean, excuse me? <laughs> All right, we're, we're going to do this. All right, number one on the list, as you can probably imagine, I think this is sort of a, a unanimous agreement right now, Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton, no, I wanted to say it. I wanted to get in there. Oh, you beat me by a millisecond. You can say it if you want. Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton. Oh, you beat me again. Oh, that's the one wide receiver prospect I knew was going to be on this list. Cortland Sutton, he's the unanimous number one guy. I'm excited about this guy. Six foot three, 218 pounds, 21 years old, came in as a true freshman. I think if Dynasty drafts were today, he'd be the first wide receiver off the board. And I don't know that that's going to change at the end of 2017. But Cortland Sutton is as polished of a prospect as there is in this 2018 class. Um, Sutton's rangy, a long wide receiver that displays next level hand-eye coordination He has numerous game clips where he's catching the ball with an obstructed view or over multiple defenders, and he's always making these catches. Tracks the ball well over his shoulders deep downfield, and when he needs to, does a really good job of adjusting his body to tough catches. I think that's Mm. one thing that stands out Mm. about Cortland Sutton Mm. that's really important at the next level. I heard the same analysis surrounding Mike Williams at this time last year. So do you have any information about Cortland Sutton's athleticism? There's not a whole lot on Cortland Sutton's athleticism. I think this is going to kind of be a a Corey Davis thing. Hopefully we do get to see it at the Combine. Um, The difference between him and Mike Williams, a lot of this production, I mean, different conference, Mike Williams conference, we're obviously going to boast a little bit more. Cortland Sutton came in as a true freshman, 21 years old right now, had an injury in his freshman year, so it derailed some of his production. But if you look at what he's done in his redshirt freshman year and his sophomore season, 16.8 yards per reception. So big playability, 76 catches for 1,246 yards last season. He was the definite go-to wide receiver on this team. So teams were trying to scheme to take him out. Still had very good production. He's an instant red zone upgrade the minute that he gets to the NFL as well. I mean, so he's Mike Williams. You can call him Mike Williams. Here's here's the difference, and this is actually kind of funny here. The fun fact about Cortland Sutton is that his new head coach is Chad Morris, the previous OC at Clemson. He's worked with DeAndre Hopkins, Sammy Watkins, Martavis Bryant. So there's a lot of hype that Cortland Sutton could take a big step forward this year in his junior 
another season. And obviously he would come out next season and be a, probably a high first round pick, depending on where the NFL starts evaluating wide receivers last year. I think a lot of people were surprised that we had three go in the top 10 this year. Cortland Sutton very well may be another one of these top 10 wide receivers. Well, the difference between Cortland Sutton and Mike Williams is that in his third season, Cortland Sutton's 1,246 yards dominated the share of total receiving yards in that passing game, as did his 10 touchdowns. So SMU only threw for a little over 3,000 yards total last season. Cortland Sutton accounted for over 1,200 yards of that production. His 10 touchdowns were over 50% of the total touchdowns logged by that passing game. That's why Cortland Sutton is vastly different than Mike Williams. Mike Williams' dominator rating in his final year at Clemson, only 27%, 41st percentile. So he only accounted for 27% of Clemson's total yards and touchdowns. Cortland Sutton is going to dwarf that number. So even if his athleticism is on par with Mike Williams, his collegiate production will overwhelm him to such an extent that he will automatically be a better prospect entering the NFL, even if he's not drafted in the top 10 players as Mike Williams was. Speaking of Clemson wide receivers, the number two guy that I have on this list is Deion Kane out of Clemson, 6'1", 210, 20 years old. He was a true freshman when he came to Clemson. And I may be alone in ranking this guy where he's at, but it just stands out to me. Like we talked about off air, he was overshadowed by the hype train that is Mike Williams last year. You didn't get much hype on Deion Kane, and his production may not be statistically overwhelming if you just look at it in raw statistics, but if you see him on the field and you look at what he did do in his opportunities, he was very good. Yeah, he was the downfield threat that people wanted Mike Williams to be, but Mike Williams' yards per reception was only 13.9. Deion Kane's 19.1, and he was only two touchdowns shy of Mike Williams' touchdown total. Mike Williams, touchdown machine! Mike Williams, touchdown machine! Touchdown, Mike Williams! Clemson, touchdown! Well, Deion Kane was scoring nine touchdowns at the same time. Touchdown, Deion Kane! Clemson touchdown, Deion Kane. Deion Kane was scoring touchdowns at almost the same rate as Mike Williams as the third receiver because he was behind Artavis Scott on the depth chart and their tight end, Jordan Leggett, was commanding a significant target share as well. Now he vaults to that number one wide receiver chair. Woo, look out. With the up-tempo spread system that they have at Clemson, woo, he could be incredibly productive this year. Yeah, and like you noted, 19.1 yards per reception as a sophomore, 17.1 as a freshman. He has 72 career catches and 14 touchdowns. It's a pretty unbelievable rate. Uh, when you when you see Deion Kane on the field, the things that stand out to me, very natural hands, whether it's deep down the field or short area, uses his body to create separation and does a good job of tracking the ball similar to Sutton. Where Kane is different from Sutton to me is in the open field, I think he's more elusive. I think Sutton can look a little less fluid at times. Where Kane looks very smooth in his movements, does a good job of forcing defenders to second-guess their angles, uses head fakes, jab steps, hand movement. He He's not as nuanced as Cortland Sutton in some aspects of his game. He's a little younger as well, but this is a guy that is going to gain steam next year. Like you said, Leggett's gone. Mike Williams is gone. Artavis Scott is gone. Gone, 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 gone. This guy looks like Chris Godwin. 
It's a good comp from last season. 6'1", 210, high BMI receiver, very efficient, and now launching himself onto the top of that depth chart. But you can't put him ahead of Cortland Sutton because Cortland Sutton's 6'4". He might measure 6'3 at the combine. Fine. He's already 215. He might measure 6'3", 220. Prototypical X receiver size at the NFL level. That's why you have to have Cortland Sutton at the number one position on your prospect rankings. But I don't disagree with having Deion Kane high because he's coming. I mean, he is in full ascendance mode as the number one wide receiver on Clemson. I'm going to be excited to watch him blossom in his first season getting real opportunity as a featured weapon. And Deion Kane has run a 4-4 flat, so he's a fast wide receiver, 6-1, 2-10. Oh, some athleticism to boot. I'm very excited. This was the problem with Isaiah Ford last year. He had great size-adjusted production, but we weren't sure about the athleticism, and it turned out he was a well-below-average athlete. If Deion Kane is also athletic, then oh yeah, yeah. Feel free to put him in your top five all day. And I'll hit you with the fun fact on Deion Kane, something you might not know. He was recruited out of high school by LSU as a quarterback, but he chose to go to Clemson because he wanted to play wide out. Seems like a good decision in hindsight. Hell yeah. He wants to be a professional wide receiver at the NFL level. That's Deion Kane. That's Deion Kane. Oh, gosh. Oh, dynamite drop in. All right, number three on this list, Antonio Callaway out of Florida, 5'11", 200 pounds, 20 years old, true freshman. Is he the love child of Antonio Brown and Joey Galloway? Don't don't jump to conclusions because I'm going to say something here in a second. Is he a golfer? <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm higher on Antonio Callaway than consensus, but I don't care. I love this guy. I've never made this comp before, so excuse me for this, but there's no way in hell that anybody can watch Antonio Callaway play and not come around, not come away thinking, was that Antonio Brown? Is that Antonio Brown? If you watch him play, there are so many on-field similarities in their game. What stands out to me the most is that he has a lack of, air quote, elite athleticism, though he's very athletic, but he absolutely dominates on the field. Antonio Callaway may not test out as the fastest player in the class, but he's routinely behind the secondary, he's routinely beating man coverage, and he's routinely finding ways to get open. His sideline awareness to me is what's the most special. A lot of young receivers let older cornerbacks, or in the NFL you see it too, take away the sideline on them and run them out of bounds, shorten that area for the quarterback to find them. Callaway does such a good job of making maintaining his route path and making tough catches just inches from being out of bounds natural hands understands subtle nuances you know uses varied tempo in his routes this is what seems so antonio brown to me about him if you watch him play he's very good and from everything i've ever read on callaway he's a student of the game a perfectionist however if you do even more research on callaway you'll find out that he does have a bit of a background there was a dismissed sexual assault case. Recently, there was a marijuana case that was dismissed. When he wasn't studying the playbook. Right, right. He was breaking the law. Yes, yes. So it's it's the catch-22 of the Antonio Callaway factor. Um, but if you look at him at Florida as a true freshman, phenomenal year. He also doesn't replace his divots on the golf course. <laughs> God, we're, stick, we're sticking to this golf thing with the Callaway. I appreciate it. 
freshman year, fun fact about Callaway in 2015, he was the first University of Florida receiver in school history to post three 100-yard receiving games as a freshman. Surprisingly, nobody in Florida history had done that. But when you look at his production, last year there was a dip in his receiving yards per catch. If you look back at his freshman year, 19.4. If you look at his sophomore season, 13.4. I don't attribute that necessarily to him as much as the play calling. But Antonio Callaway, if you watch him play, is just unbelievably nuanced. I might put him higher, but the problem is Deion Kane is so good. You can't put him higher. I know, and Corlin Sutton is so good. He had 721 yards as a sophomore, only three touchdowns, 13.4 yards per reception, and there's already anecdotal evidence that he's not an explosive athlete. So we're hoping he's Jarvis Landry. We're hoping he's Willie Sneed. That's best-case scenario for Antonio Callaway. That's great if he lands on the Saints, but if he doesn't land on the Saints, what the hell is he? I'm not that excited about the smallish non-athlete hoping that he's that he possesses the world-class route running and fluidity on the football field. I understand he's smooth to you on tape, and he has the sideline awareness and a lot of these things that the tape grinders love, but there are only a handful of wide receivers that can do what Jarvis Landry can do successfully at the NFL level, be a wide receiver one in fantasy despite having bottom percentile athleticism. It's a very rare skill set. One receiver every five years comes along that can do what Jarvis Landry does. Be productive on a low-volume offense with subpar athleticism and below-average size. That's what we would likely be asking of Antonio Callaway at the NFL level. And for that reason, because he doesn't have the same number of outs as some of these other receivers, I question whether putting him at number three makes sense. I think that with Antonio Callaway, I'm not saying that he's a bad athlete. I'm, I'm saying he's not elite and he's not the fastest in the class. Bear in mind, with Florida, this is a team that threw for about 2,900 yards and only threw 18 touchdowns. His 721 receiving yards was more than double the second most on Florida. So... This was a team that just wasn't generating a lot of offense. They had nearly as many interceptions as they did touchdowns. The passer rating on the quarterback, one of them was just at 60. The other one was below 60. So I understand, again, that the numbers look different in 2016 than they did in 2015. And I don't want to crush the dreams of the Antonio Callaway fans by saying that he's not an elite athlete. I think he's very good. I think he'll test well. I don't think he's a 4-3 guy. He's probably a, a low 4-4, high 4-4 guy. If he was more athletic, I'd be more excited, but it is interesting that he more than doubled the output of DeAndre Goolsby as a sophomore. If you're a sophomore and you're dominating the receiving yards to that extent in the passing game, then you demand our attention. Who's next? All right. I know that you're a big fan of statistical production, and this may rip the internet in half. We're moving on number four on this list, Christian Kirk out of Texas A&M. Finally. Finally. I, I know Matt Kelly is, is a production lover. So we're going Christian Kirk here, a guy who through two years in college football has put up phenomenal statistics. Phenomenal. The, the one thing that's going to stand out to Matt Kelly here, which we're going to talk about, I know it's going to happen. He was more productive than Josh Reynolds last year. Nobody talks about this. Oh, Josh Reynolds, Josh Reynolds, exciting upside. Josh Reynolds, Josh Reynolds, great tape. Josh Reynolds. Did you see Christian Kirk on tape while you were watching Josh Reynolds underperform Christian Kirk? <laughs> right. And Christian Kirk, 5'11", 200 pounds, 20 years old, came to Texas A&M as a true freshman. 
he's one of the more versatile playmakers in this class. Plays inside, plays outside, occasionally out of the backfield. He's one of the smoothest route runners in the class, and he blends it well with excellent bursts to leave coverage behind him. He's not the biggest wide receiver, similar to Antonio Callaway, but he fights as hard as anybody for extra yards. One of his top route running and natural pass catching abilities in the class, he consistently finds crafty ways to get open. People are going to call Christian Kirk a slot receiver. They're going to use it as a slight, but here's one thing they probably don't know. Better not do that. Do not do that. Don't you ever say that. Don't you ever blaspheme against the slot receiver. Say the slot receiver lacks upside because he's small, because he plays inside. Per Pro Football Focus, entering 2017, Christian Kirk ranks as the number one in the SEC in deep receiving yards amongst returning wide receivers. Bam. Bam. Suck on that slot receiver, hater. I would say that the added bonus to him is he's one of the best kick and return guys in the league. Number one in the country in yards per punt return and number one in the country in punt return touchdowns. Here we go. This is what I like. This sounds a lot like another wide receiver we liked coming out of Pittsburgh, Tyler Boyd. In a good way. He looks like Tyler Boyd. Air quotes. In a good way. Can I can I hit you with the difference between him and Tyler Boyd? The difference between Kirk and Tyler Boyd is Christian Kirk runs a four four five and has a thirty seven inch <gasps> vertical leap. <gasps> oh, athletic Tyler Boyd. I like athletic Tyler Boyd. Who doesn't want athletic Tyler Boyd on their football team? When you think about players at the college level that are hashtag good at football, you should be thinking about Christian Kirk. Yeah, and when you look at Kirk over his first two years in college football in the SEC, 80 receptions as a freshman, 83 receptions as a sophomore. This guy's probably going to go for 80, 90 receptions this next year. He's going to have 100. 100. He could have two. No more Josh Reynolds. No more Ricky Seals-Jones. Isn't Ricky Seals-Jones like someone? Uh, Are you talking about on the same roster? Yeah, Ricky Seals-Jones, 6'5", 243. Yeah, 26 catches last season. I don't know what to say about him. No, but Ricky Seals-Jones was thought to be an exciting prospect at one time. What I'm saying is Christian Kirk's crowding out a lot of players that were infused with hope a couple of years ago, and then the coaches and the quarterback found out, oh, 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 this is the guy we need to be throwing the ball to. Yeah, people are going to hate on Christian Kirk for the size and for the fact that he plays inside, but I gave you the pro football focus stat. You can look at his production. NFL teams are going to covet this. NFL teams are going to like his athleticism. He's not super undersized. He's 5'11", 200 pounds, so he's going to have a decent BMI. He's young. He's 20 years old. This is a guy that's built to play inside, and you want that. A slot receiver is a good thing. You cannot besmirch a player by calling him a slot receiver. Well, you can, but I'm going to find you, and I'm going to make you pay. All right. Speaking of somebody that makes people pay, we should talk about a wide receiver that makes defenses pay. There's a new slot receiver sheriff in town. <laughs> Number five on the list, another guy that started as a true freshman, James Washington, six foot, 205 pounds. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. This is only a top five list. We have no other receivers to talk about. The last receiver you want to talk about is James Washington. This is the last receiver I want to talk about. Yes, James Washington. James Washington from Williamsburg College. (laughs) Right? He's from Colonial Times. 
No, I know the last name may lead you to believe that, but no, 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 he's present day. Did he attend old Williamsburg College? <laughs> no, no. He stood there for the Gettysburg Address, though. He was in the crowd. Does he play football in a stovepipe hat instead of a helmet? I gotta stop finding players that have either a colonial presidential last name or anything related to golf, apparently. I'm surprised that you didn't find something for Kirk. Now, these are my contributions to the show, really. You handle the majority of the analysis, and I chip in with silly plays on words and puns. I appreciate that. But also, outrage that you're not ranking Equanimia St. Brown in your top five. You have to have Equanimia oh. St. Brown in your top five, Nate. You can't leave out Equanimia. 6'4", 205, so low BMI, slight frame. That's not great, but he's 6'4", and he can gain weight. And if he gains 10 pounds, then I'm incredibly excited. And I'm also excited about the production. 58 catches, 961 yards, and 9 touchdowns last season with a 16.6 yards per reception at Notre Dame. I can't believe that a guy named after a chapel goes to Notre Dame. I got to be honest with you. I'm just really not interested in talking about Corey Washington right now. So let's just move on and talk about James Washington. You are comparing Aquanamia St. Brown to Corey Washington from Newberry College. He goes <laughs> I, to Notre Dame and well, as a sophomore approached a thousand yards. He has size and age adjusted production. These are two gigantic check marks that you want on the player's prospect profile. And he check marks them. He has incredible upside. I would argue that his upside is second only to Cortland Sutton's. That's hot take city. I like St. Brown. How is that a hot take? I'm just saying he's got one year of college production. I would like to see a little bit more. It's the same thing with Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley was a little bit older. His production is good, but he's a little undersized. St. Brown caught 20 more passes than the next wide receiver on that target totem pole, caught more than 400 yards more than the number two receiver, and four more touchdowns than anyone else in that passing game. He was clearly, by far and away, the focal point of the Notre Dame offense and Deshaun Kaiser's go-to wide receiver last season as a sophomore. That's impressive. And then you watch him play and you're thinking, oh my God, this guy is out of prehistoric times. Look at that catch radius. He's a velociraptor out there. I don't know. We might want to talk about Kevin Stefferson, another freshman on that team. You have nothing to contribute. I'm telling you, there's a freshman on the roster that had a great... Aquanamia St. Brown. Uh, no, I like St. Brown. The issue Because is I'm that contributing puns and cheesy jokes. Yes, you are. And the occasional quantitative analysis, when you talk about players you love, I talk about one player I love, and you have nothing to contribute. Zero. Just make something up, Nate. Say that you love his hips. I don't fucking care. Say something positive about the guy I like for a change. He's got a really unique name. I hate you. I really do. I really, at this point, I really hate you because you're not even trying. You're not even trying on this podcast. You have your script. You have five guys you want to talk about. Anything beyond that, you got nothing. You got nothing, Nate. You're bringing nothing. Just a bare minimum. Again. Sounds like my wife right now. Get in line. 
Let's talk about James Washington. That's what we're here for. I like St. Brown. I do. But there's just reasons why he's not on this list. Doesn't sound like you do. I don't think you do. No, I do. I like him. I don't I don't want to talk about him anymore. I just want to move on. I just want to go to the next one. Yeah, you're just placating me like you placate your wife. Right. This is what happens. Look, James Washington, this is a guy who is as big of a big play threat as anyone in this class. It's a combination of speed and contested catchability. And yards is really what separates him from many of the others in this class. He can go up and win against physical corners, or he can make catches in contested catch situations that you would expect to become incomplete passes. He effortlessly tracks the ball over his shoulder and can adjust to the defense at any time to make big plays. He's the type of receiver that a quarterback that loves to throw into tight windows would die to add to their roster. James Washington can do a lot. His big play ability is evidenced by 19.2 yards per reception for his career. He isn't just a big play threat, though. If you watch James Washington, he's one of the most explosive athletes in the class, and he does a lot of work in the short area, too. I mean, 19.4 yards per reception this year, 20.5 last year, back-to-back 10 touchdown seasons. I do like that. I do like that. Projected 40-yard dash time, sub 4.5. Here's the deal with James Washington. Ranked number one in the Big 12 in deep receiving yards. And second place to his 690 was 374. So he trumped the next closest Big 12 receiver in deep receiving yards. That is what a downfield weapon looks like. He looks the part of a proper NFL field stretcher if I've ever seen one. And I'm incredibly excited to see what he runs in the 40-yard dash. If you look from his sophomore year to his junior season, you're seeing that growth too. You saw... The yards per reception maintained, which is phenomenal because he's north of 19 yards per reception. Yeah, on 71 catches, 19.4 yards per reception is astronomical if you're going over 70 catches. Usually, as the reception total goes up, the yards per reception go down. See Zay Jones. Not the case with James Washington. James Cold Fusion Washington. (laughs) I like it. Just bending the laws of physics. When he's not ambushing the Redcoats from his outpost on the Potomac. (laughs) Good. Oh, my God. I love when we go historical on the Sonic Truth podcast. Yeah, I like James Washington, man. You know, I'm going to vote for this guy for president 200 years ago. And most notably, most people that have looked at James Washington's production profile, they're going to look at week three of 2016 against Pittsburgh. Nine catches, 296 yards, and two (laughs) touchdowns. 32.9 yards per reception. Nate, you left the toilet seat up again. was a, a get right into it meaty episode right there <laughs> Nate List needs his own show they talk about it 
I love it. Those are my favorite tweets. One day I'm going to be out and you're going to do a Sonic Truth by yourself. That'll be a fun experiment. I'd like to see the audience reaction to that. I feel the flu coming on next week, Nate. Haha, <laughs> I'm ready. Look at that catch radius. He's a velociraptor out there. <gasps> oh, athletic Tyler Boyd. <laughs> Fuck! Shit! Exciting upside. Josh Reynolds, Josh Reynolds. Great tape, Josh Reynolds. Did you see Christian Kirk on tape while you were watching Josh Reynolds underperform Christian Kirk? That's hot take city. He was talking about how Chubb's better than Fournette. I, I quote tweeted, I just said, uh, there's a, I have a Chubb in my pants. <laughs> That's good. It's good. You were getting in there with the puns. You wouldn't let the golf thing go. I knew that this was going to be a short episode, so I just threw everything at the show. All the puns, all the break-ins, all the cheesy jokes, all the furious contrived outrage at straw man fantasy analysts who love Mike Williams as no actual fantasy analyst likes Mike Williams that much. Yeah, you emptied the clip on the episode. There's a dead straw man in my front yard. What about the guy from Notre Dame with a long name? Saint 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 Germain or something? Aquarius Saint Germain or something? Equanimeus Equanimeus Saint Brown. Oh, he's good, man. He's good. Oh, yeah. Uh, you fucked up not having him on this list. You fucked up. Yeah. All right. Uh, number four is Christian Kirk. <laughs> I'm just going to go right over that. James Washington. Wow, yeah. Does he go to Williamsburg College? Explosive. Holy moly. Holy moly, Bajoli is right. Explosive. 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 Who's the wide receiver? Is it Corey Washington, New York Giants? Yeah, the 6'4", 205. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's, that's, oh my God, he's going to comp at Corey Washington. Motherfucker. And he just looked at me like I was this mischievous kid asking ridiculous questions. Meanwhile, Mike Williams is breaking his neck on the goalpost, dad. I don't remember it. I don't listen. All right. And then when he gets hurt, oh, scrub him! Oh, what they never happened! <laughs> just, just unlucky, Matt Kelly. Nope, 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 not wrong about Kevin White. Nope, 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 nope. Sorry, not gonna get me on this one. Nope, 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 nope. Come back here, you little weasel! Was that good content, Nate? Yeah, that's good content. I'm, I'm hung up on where you want me to go with this one. Um, you can see I'm, I'm angst-ridden about what's happened with Mike Williams. I wanted to hold all of the bad analysts accountable for their baseless Mike Williams zealotry. And I've been robbed. <laughs> Why? And now they're in a helicopter on their way to St. Thomas. And there's nothing I can fucking do about it. <laughs> Why? And Greg McElroy. I mean, excuse me? Mike Williams, touchdown machine! Mike Williams, touchdown machine! Touchdown, Mike Williams! Clemson, touchdown! Well, Deion Kane was scoring nine touchdowns at the same time. Touchdown, Deion Kane! 
He wants to be a professional wide receiver at the NFL level. That's Dion Kane. Just bending the laws of physics when he's not ambushing the Redcoats from his outpost on the Potomac. <laughs> Good. Yeah, I like James Washington, man. You know, I'm going to vote for this guy for president 200 years ago. But if you look at him at Florida as a true freshman, phenomenal year. He also doesn't replace his divots on the golf course. That's hot take city. Say the slot receiver lacks upside because he's small, because he plays inside. Suck on that slot receiver, hater. Fuck you. I'm going to find you and I'm going to make you pay. There's a new slot receiver sheriff in town. That's hot take city. No more Jesse Jones Seals Verquois. What's that guy's name? <laughs> oh, Equanimeous St. Brown. Spoiler alert. What are you doing? No, Ricky Seals Jones. You got nothing. You got nothing, Nate. You're bringing nothing. Just a bare minimum. Again. Sounds like my wife right now. Get in line. Yeah, you're just placating me. Like you placate your wife. Uh, uh, uh. Back to back 10 touchdown games. Or excuse me, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Do it one more time. Back to back 10 touchdown seasons. Next year, they'll blame the lack of production on his inability to develop because of the injury. Don't you see? I know. You can't win. The excuses will be built in into perpetuity. But... 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 We should have him just type all of his responses on Twitter. You know what I mean? A tweet back to what I say to him live. In a voice modulator? Oh, yes. Zamora is better than Mike Williams. I demand the ability to exercise my inalienable right to point a finger in the face of my opponents and say, I told you so. Kneel at the feet of the Podfather and apologize for putting Mike Williams in your top three. And it better be sincere. <laughs>